Welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts Bernhard Gunther and Laura Matsu. Today's episode is called Timeline Reality Split and the Birth of a New World. So, obviously there are a lot of big changes happening, continue to happening in this world. And we already touched upon a lot of that in our last podcast. Um, so what we see really happening on a global scale and on a global scale and also in our interpersonal lives, I'm sure you can see this as well. There's a lot of friction and division happening. People fighting each, with each other, arguing, debating on social media or maybe in real life within family, friends or even strangers. You know, right now we have the whole COVID quote unquote second wave surge happening again. Although a lot of people are starting to see through it since the numbers don't add up. There's a lot of um, distortion and manipulation. Uh, but we also see uh, across the whole US actually really, or especially in California again, the mandatory mask wearing. And that also is very dividing with people who quote unquote virtue signal and want everybody to wear masks and coming from their own you know, fear or just unquestioning uh, of authority. And there are many, many people who just know, I don't want to be told what to do. And then the masks don't do anything anyway. And so there's a lot of uh, in fighting and uh, debating, arguing about that topic alone. Uh, so there is a divide and conquer agenda, definitely, on various levels from the matrix perspective, pitting humans against humans, right? We're fighting each other. And that all ties into, you know, the race war, what uh, the whole issue with BLM. There also seems to be, as we discussed in our last podcast, or sponsored some Marxist ideology behind all of that. Um, so there's, you know, throughout history, we've seen wars, gender wars, race wars, uh, wars and ideology based on belief system, religious wars and all of that. And that's really how the matrix operates on the, the divide and conquer modus operandi. And I wrote an article about this a while back about the divide and conquer issue and also ties into the trap of identification, what we identify with. When we truly identify with a certain belief or ideology, then we right away automatically, you know, get in conflict with other people's identification, so to speak. So in many ways, the whole divide and conquer agenda is based on appearances and attached beliefs and all of that. So we also see this uh, division on a political level, right? It seems very much like left versus right or Democrats versus Republicans. But really, if you dig deeper, it's really not uh, Democrats versus the Republicans as it quote unquote used to be, even nor the classical left versus right. Um, but as I've written about in a recent essay, an article, it's more like the corrupted nature of the left or of the Democrats is being used by as vessels by the occult matrix forces to maintain their power. So ultimately, when you go on a deeper level, this is the, uh, really more about ignorance versus truth or the anti-divine hostile first forces versus divine forces, STIS, service to self versus service to others, however you may want to interpret this archetypal collective battle of dark versus light, which is really happening on multidimensional levels, interpersonally, on a political level, on a hyperdimensional level, um, globally, nationally. So that's that's really what's going on. 
Um, so it's important also to get out of this black and white thinking and see more the bigger picture of what's happening. Because on some level, what I've also realized, or Lauren, I have realized, I'm sure you've seen this as well, there's also, besides the artificial created divide and conquer frequency, there's a natural division happening or natural splitting. And that's also what we want to talk about. And I've written about this in my in an essay a few years ago, actually called uh, Timeline Reality Split Frequency Vibration and the Hidden Forces of Life. If you haven't read it yet, I can recommend to read it. It's very um, prevalent for this day and age. And it's also, you can download it as an ebook as well. Yeah, and I'd just like to touch on the whole mandatory mask wearing virtue signaling because, I mean, if you're tuned into, this kind of relates to the topic, is like if you're tuned into the mainstream news media, if you still follow what Joe Biden and other politicians and even, you know, celebrities and all the um, mainstream news media is telling you, they're programming and um, making people believe that if you don't wear a mask that you're a bad person and you're a danger to society because it actually goes along with the agenda that they're trying to push. The more in fear that they can get people to to be, the more that they can actually blame Trump, the more that they can get them to police each other. So what you're seeing is the impact of a really successful propaganda campaign that's basically taken over all platforms like all, all the celebrities, all the news anchors, all the, even Mark Zuckerberg posted, I mean, not even Mark Zuckerberg, but Mark Zuckerberg the other day, he posted a, a status update, just wear a mask. Like that's what they're saying. Just wear a mask. All of the politicians in their profile photos are wearing masks. Like, so this is not just a regular like saying this is like a full scale assault on people and unless you actually are able to make choices for yourself from your own conscience you're easily going to fall in line with this propaganda campaign because it's full scale assault like um and so that's kind of what we're dealing with is you have people aligning with one timeline which is trying to lead people further into ignorance and fear and darkness And then you have actually people who are able to kind of see through this insanity and are waking up. And it's actually people who are, I've noticed just from my personal experience, I'm actually quite surprised at who it is. Um, Meaning, quote there's lots of quote unquote, like conscious, spiritual people who have just fallen in line completely with the program. Um, And this is something I've heard from my friends on uh, social media as well, that they've been actually quite surprised um, you know, bullying, shaming people, guilting people into wearing masks. And you see that all over social media. Well, I don't actually, because I, I unfriend those people. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we get into that. Yeah, but but that's what that's what's coming. That's what it's coming down to. So, like on a higher on a higher perspective, you know, um, it's like that. What's that quote from Jesus? Like, forgive them; they know not what they do. Like when you're acting unconsciously and out of fear, and especially if you put these people, like these politicians, the mainstream media, whatever the New York Times says, if you put them in a position of authority, of course, you're going to actually be policing people and doing all of this stuff because that's part of the agenda. That's part of what they're trying to make people do, you know? Um, And then there's obviously all sorts of political reasons for that. So, you know, with boundaries as well, which we're going to touch on because, um, because like, for, to be honest, like I had this insight this, this week 
and realizing that just, you know, it's okay to walk away from people um, who aren't there to receive your message. You know, like we each have a very specific mission and purpose and there's going to be people who are really going to align with that. And then there's going to be people who are just going to argue and try to change what we're saying. And we need to just decide on our own intentions and who are the people that we're for. And like, you know, if you're a service to others orientated pe- person, who are the people that you're here to serve? And then there's also people who you're not here to serve, who aren't interested in actually your help or your insights. So you really have to decide what your intention in life is. Like for me, my intention is to serve the people that do resonate somewhat with the message that I'm speaking or sharing. And everyone else who just wants to argue with me about that message or is trying to change me based on the projection that they had of me, then I'm sorry. My work is not for you. There's so many other people out there that you could actually follow who probably would be more in alignment with where you're at. So that's really what it comes down to is deciding what our true intention is in life. And I think we're going to touch on that, but the timeline reality split also, I feel involves with aligning with divine will and not what your little ego wants. Like the little ego often wants to like keep old friendships beyond their point of being even like useful to our life. And so, so yeah, I'm kind of going off a little bit of a rant there, but it's really just important that we decide on what our intention in life is. And if our intention is to Um, consciously engage with this deeper process that's going on, then just we're going to lose friends. We're going, things are going to change around us because that's just what's happening right now. We're at the end of an era and at the end of an era and at the end of a lifetime, a lot of things change. Yeah, exactly. And that also reminded me what you said before, you know, how the matrix works is through these attacks, gaslighting, shaming, you know, to make you feel less, uh, lesser than through this holier than thou uh, moral superiority, virtual signaling and whatnot. A lot of people engage and then turn out to be very basically authoritarian followers, meaning they just don't have no ability to question authority and put authority on the pedestal. And my theory is um, the more you are disconnected from your essence, from your inner guidance, from your soul essence, from your intuition, your everything within you, you know, your own inner compass, the kingdom within, the more likely you're uh, going to follow just authority unquestionable or to everything the media tells you and whatnot. And that also ties into the embodiment process or the body-mind split, right? For me, in my perception, embodiment literally means not just being in touch with your body, but means soul, literally means um, soul incarnated in the flesh. So the process of embodiment is about soul individualization to what, as Gurdjieff would say, to grow your soul, to come more in alignment with essence or what Laura said, with divine will. And you're more uh, connected to that, the actually easier or you can look look through the deception. You can see the lies, right? Mm-hmm. You will not. So there's this the sixth sense, or like your spiritual immune system gets activated. Yeah, that's why for so uh, so many of us, it's so obvious how we're being lied to, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have that foundation, that level of being, that frequency vibration, which I'll get into as well, as opposed to others who are disconnected from themselves, right? Who don't have uh, maybe even like from an esoteric perspective, very young souls, so to speak. Uh, that ties also into the topic of organic portals who are just in the process of uh, developing a soul and maybe maybe their first incarnations. And I'll get into this topic more in the second hour. 
But there are many, many different levels of being. That's what we need to consider. Yeah, and it also depends on the amount of inner work you've done because I often reflect, I mean, not that I'm like completely healed and enlightened. I'm constantly like right now is actually the best time to do spiritual work because you're going to get, especially if you're speaking out, because you're going to get projected on, people are going to hate you, you're going to lose friends. Like all of these kinds of changes is actually amazing material to accelerate your spiritual and emotional growth process. So I just want to say that to start out. But then also, you know, I look at this whole, especially this whole like racial wars thing that's going on. I wrote something on my uh, on my website, which you can read. It was like a kind of free flow, like poetry style piece of writing about those who do not remember their history will be doomed to repeat it. And, you know, if it were me a few years ago, I would have probably easily fallen into this like racial division thing if I were not aware of how Black Lives Matter was funded by George Soros and how it has actually the funding is now going to Joe Biden through the uh, Act Blue um, campaign funneling. But anyway, all that aside, um, you know, if I if I actually didn't work on that and like actually find forgiveness and the greater lesson in all these experience and to see not my grandparents as victims, but just as having to go through one of the harder soul lessons. Cause my grandparents who were Japanese were actually put into internment camps just for being Japanese in world war two, which was like not too long ago. I mean, in the last like hundred years. So now what we see happening um, is that there people are trying to make white people responsible for the crimes of a few. And this is like, racism, but they've redefined racism as to mean it has to involve inherent power structures. And there's all sorts of like double speak in this social justice warrior field. But if I actually didn't intentionally work on the impact of how my ancestral karma had impacted my nervous system and it impacted my relationships and my beliefs about the world, I most likely would have fallen into the same trap myself. But that was one of my main focuses um, in my own healing journey because I noticed it. I noticed that the biggest thing for me to clear was, you know, the impact of how that affected my family line and how it created addiction and mental health issues and all sorts of stuff. So there's a real impact that um, even Black people are most likely dealing with is trauma that's impacted their entire family line, you know, and that needs to be dealt with because but what the left is doing is they're hijacking the unhealed pain of black people and they're doing it in the most evil way because they're doing it just so they can get their vote. They don't care about these exactly. people. And so that to me is like, this is where my own, like, I mean, I don't want to speak out against this because I, 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 I get hated on so much for it, but that to me is why it's actually really important because I've been through this kind of healing process myself and I, I actually was blaming white people and white men and the patriarchy long before it became cool in the mainstream for my own internal issues you know, and so I see that playing out on a grand scale now is that people, this is, I don't, I don't hear many people actually talk about like, a, okay, let's actually look at the ancestral trauma. Let's look at the rage. Let's look at, let's look at the grief. You know, it's like, no, we need to actually, this is literally what they, one of the terms they say, like hold white people accountable for everything. And so, and now they've even changed it where you can be biracial and you can, or you can actually be a person 
a black person or, you know, what they say, a person of color, which is also a term which creates more division. Um, so, um, and you can have inherent whiteness, you know, so it doesn't even matter your race anymore. Like whiteness is like this internalized like plague that they've put over society. And so, yeah, there's just a whole, and there's just a whole lot of like toxic behaviors in the social justice warrior movement. And the reason being is that I, cause it actually doesn't look at the, it doesn't look at like the internal elements of it. It doesn't actually look at like, okay, like where, what's the intention behind this? Like, where is this coming from? And asking those kinds of questions. Um, and I don't ever hear them talk about ancestral, um, you know, intergenerational trauma in regards to healing. They talk about like more victim blame traps in, in, in that regard. So, and it's also just to throw in there, it's based on it's externalizing, trying to change the outside world. Yes. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. Outside other people's behavior. Yeah. Right. Rather than, okay, how can I heal this also from within? How can we all heal from this? Yeah. And then even like to bring another level on top of it, which nobody's considered because. You see, especially the far left are very much, very anti-spiritual, not spiritual at all, very materialistic, atheistic. Yeah. You know, it's very, you know, the whole system works like that. If you would bring in the next level of past lives, reincarnation, the law of universal law of cause and effect and yeah. karma, and not to oversimplify that this is just your karma, but the complexity of the evolution of consciousness where all of us may have been completely different races at different places in the world mm -hmm. throughout thousands of lifetimes, mm -hmm. right? But we're just like, this this materialistic view of the world, which is also feeding this, uh, this race war. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and yeah, and what they're doing on a, on a simple level is just hijacking unhealed trauma and then using it for their agenda. I even saw something like, I mean, this is like, just like such a hot topic for me. I saw something the other day about how um, somatic trauma work is inherently racist because anyone, a person of color, shouldn't be able to feel safe in their bodies in this world. I mean, that's fucked up because, yeah. because it's as, it's basically as like Q says, the swamp runs deep. So you see this programming infecting like all levels of reality, you know, this virtue signaling, the social justice warrior virus and like, um, and it's, and it's, and it's been really, it's been really hard even just for me personally, because I've had to, I mean, I've just had to let go of even my compassion and inquiry group and other, um, trauma therapists who I follow because they're pushing this narrative and this narrative rests on a fundamentally racist idea that white people are inherently the more privileged a race basically. And so, I mean, there's all sorts of things to get into in that, but like, I just, obviously it might be clear for people already. I do not buy into this like whole critical race theory where you can change the meaning of racism and racism doesn't mean you can't actually be racist against white people. Um, so there's all sorts of things I could say about that, but I'm getting off topic, but I actually see this is the reason why I'm bringing this up is I actually see this splitting happening is because some of the most like vile and actually racist people are getting caught up in this social justice warrior trap. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly as cheesy as it sounds. It's like the racism that they actually hold deep within themselves. That's what they're projecting out into the world. And so that's why even fundamentally this um, social justice warrior theory that it's not possible to be racist against white people 
is inherently racist. So you see all sorts of like um, hypocrisies in what they're saying and doing, which you can't point it out because they shrouded in intellectual theories, which will just defend what they're saying. Um, But it really is like a cult and it acts like a cult. So, you know, if you don't, if you don't actually claim that you're anti-racist in these social justice warrior circles, then you're actually racist, basically. So it's just it's just a mind fuck. It's like there's no more Orwellian doublespeak going on right now than in the social justice warrior. uh, That's exactly what I wanted to mention. Orwellian doublespeak. And not only like uh, will you be attacked, but especially in this day and age, people have lost their jobs, Mm -hmm. right? Because they don't align with with that agenda or are not outspoken uh, anti-racist and whatnot. And they're marginalized, you know, the H. Smith syndrome. It's very, the mob rules, right? People are being forced to um, conform to the mob, basically. And it's by violence. Violence, like from a Christian perspective, the murderous spirit, right? Violence doesn't, it's not even uh, about uh, attacking people violently physically, but through speech, through shame, through gaslighting, through guilt, and all of that, right? And tagging into these wounds, and then makes people very f- feel insecure, right? So, yeah. and, and that bringing it back to, to the timeline reality split, what's happening now, there's a natural splitting happening. Uh, so it is also important for all the reasons we just mentioned to make strong boundaries, uh, so boundaries are key in this day and age, and that's uh, you know, be it in everyday life, but especially if you engage on social media. And you see, you know, too many people still engaging with uh, people on Facebook who are simply trolling, right? Who engage right away in ad hominem attacks, personal attacks, gaslighting, shaming, all kinds of fallacies, strawman arguments, and cherry picking, and all of that. And when you engage with such people who would literally act as portals like Agent Smith syndrome for occult forces, you enter their game. You will never be able to convince another person who is so stuck in the trauma response, basically, yeah. right? Or severely uh, socially conditioned mind control. It's like a huge MK Ultra uh, program running, the trauma installment program on a global scale. So you cannot convince people by. Um, speech or information alone. It's, we talked about this no. uh, last podcast, I believe, cognitive dissonance. It's yeah. not possible. So when you engage, you you know, you get riled up, you get an argument, it creates all this emotional luge, which only feeds the matrix forces on occult levels. So it's important to make boundaries, to not engage. It's fine to not engage. And even Facebook or, or Twitter or wherever you are, if you're on social media, it's completely fine and reasonable to delete and block people. Yeah. It's your personal page, Right. Do not put up with stuff. You can, it's your free will. If people get upset at you for deleting them, blocking them, well, that's actually proof that you did the right thing because any reasonable people would uh, uh, respect a boundary. Mm-hmm. Be, a boundary means being able to say no. Mm-hmm. And a good friend would respect this as well to let, okay, he or she said, no, I'm respecting that. I'm not going to p- uh, push the issue. Yeah. If somebody gets upset for you for making a boundary, well, you know, that even proves even more, like I said, that the boundary was just. Exactly. And there are people, you know, like it's very, it's very infrequent that this happens. But when I make a boundary with someone and then, you know, a couple, a month or two later, they email me and they apologize for what they said. So there's going to be people who can actually like have a con. Like that to me, if someone 
goes and personally attacks me and I decide to block them, you know, and they email me and they like own what they said and how it might have impacted me to some extent, you know, um, then, then I'll be like, okay, you know, I'll give, I'll be, I'll be forgiving. I'll give people another chance, but then there's the opposite side, which you mentioned this murderous spirit. I've had people who I just unfriended and, or some of them, I, but these people actually, I kind of, I probably blocked, um, but then they won't let it go for months and they'll literally go and talk shit about me to other people who are friends with me months later. So that's when you know that they're hijacked by this like murderous spirit that they cannot let it go. And then you've become a target for all of their projections and all of their projections, the ammo of that, the ammunition is like all their unhealed wounds and all their issues with their mom and dad or whatever their karmic setup is. So you want to read that quote maybe from, um, because that book you've been reading lately is really interesting. It's a book called When to Walk Away yeah. by Gary Thomas. And it's based on, on true Christian teachings, but it's, it's very well versed. Um, and it talks about the murder spirit. So you guys can look it up. Um, again, the author is Gary Thomas, When to Walk Away. Yeah. So I'll just summarize though um, what that book is about. I mean, you can read it if you want. It's definitely a little bit like Christian to say the least. Um, but basically it uses, you know, like a lot of people misuse, like turn the other cheek from Jesus to kind of put up with like toxic people. A lot of these, I mean, even like in every single quote unquote, like organized religion, um, you can misuse these teachings to basically put up in toxic relationships. But this book is really interesting um, because it talks about how, you know, Jesus actually walked away from a lot of people. He was like, I'm not going to bother with this. He either walked away to regenerate or he was like, these people are not interested. You know, there was lots of people who like Jesus came to their village and like, they just like hated him. You know, this is like all across, like um, all across, like just the stories about him. So it's just important to just know when to walk away and know when to you're when you're speaking to people who are actually interested. And the murderous spirit is basically when like a demonic or what they would say in Christianity, a satanic being takes over someone and they just want to silence you. And they're not interested in having a conversation. They just want to silence you. And by the way, just in regards to touch on something you said before, if people could be convinced in a Facebook comment, they would have changed their mind a long time ago. So 99% <laughs> of conversations that we engage with on social media are useless because the person isn't like, it's like, if you want to get into a debate with someone, the best way to do it, I think would be to like actually speak to them, but getting into typing, you know, it's not really that effective. Um, so that's one thing we have to see. We have to feel into it energetically. And, you know, I've dealt with this, with, with what they're calling this murderous spirit. I've dealt with it in my friends. I've dealt with it in my family members. I've had to make boundaries with longtime friends who I actually knew were toxic for a while, to be honest. And that, and that's been really hard for me. And that's been like a grieving process for me. So I think we touched on that in the last podcast episode that it's actually important to just grieve and let go of these experiences and not use it to, as also a way to harden your heart and be like, fuck everyone. I don't give a shit. Cause that can also be the shadow side of making boundaries. That's true. Yeah. Well, I just found out, I just want to, um, quote one paragraph one short paragraph from uh, Gary Thomas's book when to walk away from the chapter murderous spirit and he writes the best label for the silencing is social murder healthy people can disagree and walk away 
Toxic people harbor a murderous spirit, at least in the sense of wanting to completely discredit you and shut you up. The Apostle John warned, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. When you read the book of Acts, the story of the early church is the story of opponents using every means, the law, persecution, ridicule, shaming, name-calling, and often physical murder to get them to shut up. Mm. Sometimes it looks like demonic opposition. But the end goal of the toxicity toxicity was always the same. Stop, be silent, kill what you're doing and saying, or we'll kill you. And that's literally what we're seeing happening, you know, especially for yeah. the pathological far left, yeah. trying to shut you down. This, this, is, this is, you can see it through the Christian lens, satanic possession, demonic possession, through the yogic lens of uh, integral yoga called hostile forces, mm -hmm. all kinds of, this is hyperdimensional warfare or the Wetiko virus, the Native American virus, virus that has taken people over, the predator mind, that's what's coming through. So if you hate on people, you know, and really are infected with this, hey, that's, you're, you're committing murder, literally, on, from a spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a physical act, it's a spiritual act as well. And as you also spiritualize the being, you know, hating someone becomes so much more painful that you literally cannot do it. Like maybe you can do it for like a split second, but it's very painful to align with that kind of frequency. In fact, you know, it's interesting, like just on an energetic perspective, the people who are in fear and anger and rage, they're more susceptible to getting sick right now. So like they're actually causing that which they're afraid of because they rest in these emotional states all the time. So let's talk more about this splitting that's happening. So, yeah. you know, there's two... There's, either, there's, there's kind of like two agendas that you can align with right now. You can agenda, you can align with the agenda that like, okay, like, you know, this Orwellian reality where everyone has to wear a mask and social distance, basically, you know, for who knows how long, um, Canada even just announced that they're going to stay potentially locked down far into next year. I mean, we're not in Canada right now, but I'm just giving you an example of like, They're literally saying that these um, these uh, coronavirus restrictions are going to take place all of next year. Like this is the kind of thing that they're laying out. So remember after September 11th, they changed all the travel restrictions and like travel was never the same after that. That was a Saturn-Pluto opposition. So that's a little bit like more of a back and forth aspect. Um, so that's like a lesser version of what we're experiencing now where there's they're, they're literally trying to change. I mean, reality is never going to be the same from this point forward. I also feel personally that we're at the end of an era and at, at the end of an age. So what's happening is you're going to see people um, disintegrate. And then you're going to see people actually use these experiences for spiritual, emotional growth to stand more in the truth. because they're like, wow, I don't give a shit basically. Like, why do I have to lose at this point? I've lost my job. I lost everything that can actually make you feel really alive. Like there can be a sense of freedom, even from this loss and destruction that can come from it. So you're seeing this natural splitting happening. Um, and it reminds me, I was watching this video from this like old guru in India. He's like kind of obscure. I was at, the, I was at the, this ashram in India and meditating there. And so anyways, just watching this old video of this guy And he talked about how, you know, when like the next incarnation of like Christ or a Buddha comes down onto this planet, if it were to happen compassionately, you know, this force were to anchor itself in a compassionate way, 
um, 65, only 65% of the population, 65% of the population would, would be able to withstand the forest. So, and then he said, if it were happened fiercely, only 35% of the population would be able to withstand the force. Withstand the force, meaning literally survive. Exactly, literally survive. So just to show you, you know, when we have these higher frequencies trying to anchor themselves, there's literally people who cannot withstand that pressure. And you see it happening now. Like I, you know, like my heart goes out to people who are struggling with anxiety and depression and mental health issues right now. Because these kinds of traumas can be so overwhelming. So if you're one of those people, you know, I just highly recommend that you start working with someone and take this as an opportunity to really, you know, like commit to life and commit to being here. Because if you can withstand this kind of evolutionary leap, you know, this would can also be the fuel that you need to get yourself out of that inertia. Exactly. Because what's happening also from the bigger picture perspective, the besides this what's happening on a global level, 3D matrix level maybe, which is very obvious, but there's something bigger happening and that, that also ties into a birth of the new world. So the the higher force of, as Sri Aurobindo would call it, the supermental consciousness of the divine is descending onto earth. The light is coming down. As Laura just mentioned, this is a high frequency and not everybody's able to withstand that or hold that frequency to say the least. So that light brings up everything that is not an alignment. Everything is coming out of the shadows globally and also within ourselves, our own stuff, trauma, wounds, everything we've suppressed, ignored for lifetimes is coming up. Then most people then do not know how to handle that uh, because of lack of already self-work, lack of understanding even of basic psychology, trauma and all of that. And then it's mechanically projected externally onto other humans. And that's how they're called hostile forces. The matrix forces use it to fuel the artificial divide and conquer agent uh, agenda to pit humans against humans, mm -hmm. right? Um, so right now, you know, everything is coming up and it's, it's, it's the time of transition we are in right now. And all of this, as I mentioned before, or we mentioned before, relates to um, the frequency resonance vibration. And that's a term I used in my essay, Timeline Reality Split, Frequency Vibration and the Hidden Forces of Life. And what that basically means, a frequency resonance vibration, sounds maybe a bit too agey, but it's, it really relates to one's level of being. And what's one's level of being means one's level of soul embodiment, right? How much you're already connected to essence, how much you've worked through your buffers, armors, wounds, traumas to connect to your true self, which is not your personality, not your beliefs, not your ideologies. It's beyond all of that. It's beyond even what Laura mentioned, your little will, what you think you want in your life. It's about alignment with the higher will, divine will. Uh, so that's really what it's, what it's about. And ultimately, we all have different levels of being and different uh, levels of um, frequency resonance, vibration, and that comes without judgment. Right, it is really um, about understanding the bigger picture and the complexity of life that we all are on different levels of being based on our soul lessons, or you know, based on the soul family we connect with, and so many uh, issues or like so many factors come in that is impossible for the mind to understand. We can only like hint at it and try to understand it reasonable, but there's also the mystery. So that's where the natural splitting happens as well, based on our frequency resonance vibration. So even like what, you know, what I see happen all across the world, or even especially this across the country, is many people are starting to leave 
uh, their physical locations because they didn't quote unquote resonate anymore with where they lived. Right? So it's even happening <laughs> with Laura and I. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, it's important again, not to fall into blame or uh, victim consciousness because wherever you lived at some point was perfect for where you were at based on your soul lessons, on your frequency, resonance, vibration. So as you change, right, and the outside change as well, then at some point there's no frequency match anymore. So you will naturally feel the more you're embodied, connected to your true self, like in a calling, oh, I need to go somewhere else. That's why it's very important in this day and age, also from a practical nature, to heed these calls, to listen to that and get out of your comfort zone because too many people stay at places or even relationships, right, codependency, because out of their comfort zone, or fear of change. Yeah. So with everything that's happening right now, there's a choice to be made as well, because again, it's easy to fall in victim blame if you lost your job, if you're hardship, but there's a silver lining, right? Maybe it's also spirit, because speaking or breaking this down or divine acting through what I call tough grace to put you out of a stagnant situation, to get you out of the comfort zone, to break all patterns that uh, work don't work anymore, to... Um, disrupt relationships that were not based on truth anyway, but more on codependency and comfort or even lies on appearances and inauthenticity to free you from that. But that can be very painful the more we attach to the past, the more we want certain things to be a certain way. So, you know, it is about this letting go process. And I wrote about this in, in my article of about prophecies and dreams where I shared this dream of this fellow about the waves um, coming over and over and we are uh, called to ride the wave and don't get stuck in, in the undercurrent. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening to natural splitting. People get disintegrate who cannot hold the, uh, the higher force of the supramental consciousness. It's really descending and bringing everything up. And for many of us who have done this work already for years or decades or even understand how the matrix work and uh, have been truth seeking for so long we are like and the inner work too the, not just the outer work the inner work exactly yeah. have worked through you know traumas wounds like shadow aspects all of that it's almost quote-unquote easier for for us in that sense because that's we can handle the energies i'm not saying it's yeah it's 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 a it's, it's just a easy gentle ride and but we're able to uh you know work with the forces uh, or these energies in a more conscious way yeah, and it's easier for people who have done a certain amount of self-work, mostly because you're going to have the resources to be able to, and I don't mean physical resources, although it can be part of it, but you're going to have the inner resources in order to be able to withstand difficult situations. So, you know, and if you're not, if you find yourself getting into anxiety and fear and all sorts of, you know, um, uh, difficult emotions. I actually, in the beginning of this, I was like locked to the news every morning. It was not d doing, it was not very good for me. And I had to kind of rebalance the scales and really focus on my spiritual practice and get back into yoga again and rebuild my strength. So, you know, if you are, feel yourself, your mental health kind of disintegrating, then I highly recommend also making boundaries around what you consume and the media and how it impacts you. Like, you don't need to actually stay as informed as your own fear survival brain makes you want to think that you do. So just notice where you're at and just just know how to, you know, it's like we spoke about the last podcast. There's going to be 20% of things that you do that actually are responsible for 80% of you feeling good. So for me, that's meditation and yoga. And um, 
And so if I do that and I commit to doing that, then I can actually withstand a lot of uh, crazy, crazy stuff. So um, I also wanted to touch on something as well, which kind of, we just spoke about it in another podcast, but it really relates to the splitting that happens. So, you know, um, basically what's happening right now is we're going through a Plutonian process of like deep earth transformation, deep rebirth, and just if you want to engage in this kind of evolutionary process, there's a few things that can happen because this is a very karmic situation, meaning we have choices to make now, which will impact literally the future of the earth that we're going to be birthing into, you know? And so the more that we consciously engage with that process um, and the more that we kind of, you know, follow our bliss and follow what's really true for us and follow what makes us most feel alive and what makes our soul really happy, the more that we can consciously get engaged in that process. But I noticed that people who don't, and I actually noticed in my own life, when I didn't want to engage in that process consciously, when there was parts of my life where I was intentionally ignorant, thinking that like karma would just like forget about that part of my life, you know, the more the outer emotional shocks were sent to me in order to you know, um, kind of push me out of my inertia. So what I see going on collectively is we're going through this kind of Plutonian process. And the more that you consciously engage with this using, using all of these experiences to become emotionally and spiritually stronger than ever, the less you're going to actually experience these outer shocks. I'm not saying this is like a hard and fast rule. I'm just saying that if you have a lot of chaos and craziness in your life, it's most likely that this is kind of this Plutonian process pushing you out of inertia, making you leave that job, making you leave that relationship that you've been holding on to. So this is kind of what's going on, you know? So the more that we actually hold on to the things that are for just for security purposes and kind of stay in our ignorance, it's actually a force of compassion that's trying to push us out of these places. So um, I just wanted to touch on that because this is kind of like these these limitations are actually going to become more obvious to people now. And if you're not willing to make the changes that are necessary in order for you to make the evolutionary leap, the divine mother or whatever you want to call this divine force of compassion, it may actually force you to basically. Exactly. And that ties into exactly that. So with regards to this, you know, time of transition or timeline reality split, which by the way, it's collective and personal. So there's, you know, we all are connected all as in one. So we don't live in a solipsistic vacuum, you know, so we all affected by the collective energies, but there's truth also what, you know, you may experience in your personal reality, your intermediate reality based on this process. So, you know, all of this is still going to affect everyone differently in their own life, so to speak, while at the same time, we're still obviously all connected, interrelated. I'm just tying into the, into the idea of reality creation because there's some truth to it, although it's not as black and white or superficial as in the new age, the secret style. But again, with regard to the time of transition, timeline reality split there, basically, as Laura just said, various choices, you know, we are being forced to do and people make either consciously or unconsciously into varying degrees. And these choices may also overlap. So number one, what we see also on a global level, a lot of people resist the planetary changes underway and outwardly project their own internal discomfort onto others in a situation, basically shadow project, getting caught up in the trap of blaming, complaining, reactive mechanical behavior, and victim consciousness, which is also the frequency the matrix uh, vibrates on. And all of which is the our responses that the matrix and the cabal want and feeds off of 
because it keeps people enslaved as people actually out of their own quote-unquote manipulated free will enslave themselves and while it drains their life force and inner power. And then in order to resist the discomfort, people can also easily numb themselves, especially with the self-isolation. Instead of using the time creatively and productively to learn more, to study more, to understand what's going on in the world, learning more skills, taking your life in your hand, you know, uh, focusing on your profession, learning your, you know, just creating your own life, take empowering yourself. A lot of people can just, you know, okay, I'm just going to smoke pot all day, watch Netflix, get stuck on the internet. Yeah, that's right? usually a sign of depression too. Exactly. And that's also a trauma response because it's so overwhelming. So then addictions can increase. And by the way, mm. you know, I think we, we talked about in the last podcast, hinted as well, the suicide rate has skyrocketed. Nobody's yeah. talking about that. Yeah, right? it's sad. Yeah. So it's very, very sad. And especially if I came across an article, millennials, uh, millennials are attached people between like 25 and 35, uh, has skyrocketed by 30%. Yeah. So, you know, so we can then also numb ourselves, right? Distract ourselves from the changes with all kinds of addictions. Um, and including social media, including social media, and the internet, exactly. which is like probably the most common addiction is the internet and food is probably one that like, yeah. at least you have one of them. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, I mean, again, like it's great to be on the internet, to learn, to educate ourselves and understand what's happening, staying informed, as we mentioned before, or even network, connect with others. Great. But if you, you know, w use too much time for that what's going on in your personal life how can you use this time also more creatively productively right yeah like laura said to use the energies to work on yourself to follow your bliss to figure out your life what is my intention what do i truly want and co-create uh, start and, in this process of co-creation and i guess when i touch on that so if you're having trouble you know with that it's also important that you deal with the basic 3d physical aspects so you're like physical health, your emotional health and your spiritual health. Cause like, yeah, it's great when you say, you know, like, okay, work on your business, start your own business or whatever. But if people aren't doing that, that's usually because they're having a trauma response to the situation. So basically what needs to happen is some basic 3D work. There needs to be some boundaries around social media, like create a container around yourself who cares what's going on in the world, you know, but just take care of yourself on that very basic level. Because I think back to like when I was really depressed and suicidal and people would be like, okay, you just need to work on yourself or whatever, you know, but really what needed to be handled was the basic 3D elements of my reality. Meaning like, and this can actually also mean by the way, like finding like, you know, enough security financially in order to support yourself. So if you're struggling right now on like just like making that leap and like working, using this time to work on yourself, it's most likely that there's some deeper emotional and physical issues which need to be dealt with first. So I think that's just an important thing to touch upon. Exactly. No, very good. Exactly. Then also if being was, was uh, frequency resonance vibration, as I mentioned before, the level of embodiment is not aligned with the pursuit of knowledge. There's no understanding or implied embodied knowledge, and not, not, not just intellectual information. Basically, what that means, I hint again at the tried, what Gurdjieff talked about, the connection between knowledge, being, and understanding. So too, so many people just gather information, knowledge, knowledge, but they don't truly, under, quote-unquote, understand, which also shows when people just read something. Just because you read something doesn't necessarily mean that you understand it. It depends on your level of being, on your soul embodiment, how you take information, and it's not coming through your subjective filters, biases, and all of that. 
and especially relates to higher knowledge. So that needs to be understood. So especially this day and age, careful not to get just hooked on all the information war out there, right? On some level, we mentioned it before, it's important to understand critical thinking and all of that, but it needs to be definitely match up with the inner work to increase your level of being. And on that note, just reminding me, there's an excellent um, video Tom Montag made called also about soul resonance, that, which, which ties into the concept of frequency resonance vibration, which also determines what experiences you experience in your everyday life, what you attract to your life regarding synchronicities, because don't forget there's an interrelationship between your outer reality, your intermediate outer reality, mm-hmm. and your inner state, especially on unconscious level. Right, mm-hmm. there's truth to it that the outside is a mirror of your inner state. Not to oversimplify, not go into victim blaming, but there is, uh, you know, the biggest illusion is that the outside is different from our internal state. Yeah, and that's sorry, just to touch on the social justice warrior trap. I just want to say that when I blamed like white men for all my problems and the patriarchy, I actually saw that evil everywhere. Mm. And that's what you see happening on grand scale right now with the people who are basically falling into the other opposite timeline and kind of falling into this whole race, racial division timeline is that the hatred and the racism that they carry deep within their hearts, they see everywhere. And that's why they're seeing it everywhere on a very basic level. And I know that that's happening because that's what happened to me. And the second that I actually worked on that, I didn't see people judging me for my race. I didn't see it everywhere like I did before because I wasn't holding it within myself. There's this totally a correlation there. And, you know, if any social justice warrior here or me say that, they would think I was taking a spiritual bypass. But I know it to be true from my own experience. And interestingly, I knew the shift was happening because basically there was a moment when the outer reality actually wasn't matching what my inner experience was. So basically I was seeing racism in places that there wasn't any, and it was actually creating some cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's when the shift really starts happening when you're like, wait a second, it's maybe something is it within me that's holding this because whatever is happening externally is not giving me the material I need to project on it anymore, basically. That's, it also reminds me also from an esoteric perspective or the evolution of consciousness to understand basically law, universal law, that you don't get to move on until you have learned your certain yes, soul lessons. Yeah. So the trap is again trying to manipulate or blame the outside world, but all of that is irrelevant until you turn inside and realize, you know, well, how can I... Um, you know, approach the situation differently. What are my own beliefs uh, conditioned socially, culturally around it, my childhood wounding, my trauma that uh, relates or corresponds to the way I perceive the world and keeps holding me back. A lot of it is unconscious, literally you're not aware of. Hence, as we mentioned in our last podcast, there's only so much self-work you can do on your own. This Mm -hmm. is the time to work with groups or find somebody you can work with to really uh, go there and dig deep to change your unconscious beliefs, traumas, wounds, and whatnot, which you just project externally. Because again, it's like it's like school. You don't get to move on until you have uh, learned your lessons. And your, the universe will reflect it back to you over and over and over again until you finally get it. Yeah. And, and we're more successful when we learn how to work together as well. Like everyone has, this is relates to this splitting that's happening and what's going to happen too, is you're going to have, and at least I see this with the people that I coach is a lot of people because of the external situations kind of setting them up are having to align with their deeper soul mission. And this is also this timeline reality split that's happening 
is that there is a force that if you weren't living your purpose and you're really meant to be here to help transition this next era that we're birthing into, there's going to be divine forces, which is going to pretty much like put you in the position that you're going to have to make that choice, you know? So if you have latent um, healing abilities or if you have ability to work with other people and you're not really utilizing that to the fullest extent, I guarantee you the divine is going to elect you to actually reach this next level right now. And that's what I see happening with a lot of people. It's like, I see it all over their chart, like intuitive, sensitive abilities, ability to really have deep compassion for other people. And they're just going along in their lives and just ignoring these gifts. But what's happening now, you know, is we're going to have the divine is actually going to, you know, basically elect these people and be like, okay, we need you to be ready for this next shift. And we need you to be using your gifts to the fullest extent. Exactly. So basically what it means now is to enter the fire of transmutation consciously, you know, without resisting the resulting discomfort. And how do we do it again? Why via sincere engagement uh, with self-work embodiment practices, seeking truth as well, while letting everything that is in the way of reconnecting to who you truly are burn away. You know, also under many masks of social, cultural programming, personality, ego identifications, and so forth, to open your heart to its connection to the divine, because that's what Laura said at the beginning. That's where the spiritual aspect comes in. The supramental consciousness is so important. Yes, it's on all levels. We talked about the physical work, the psychological, emotional, somatic work, all important. But ultimately, in this time of transition, the work is about transforming your, quote, ego into a healthy vessel, not destroying the ego, you know, but turning into a healthy vessel for spirit, for the divine to work through. So you, you know, are not influenced by external suggestions or the craziness, or just act mechanically and reactive, but you become a vessel for the divine, right? Aligning your will, will with divine will. And that's where magic opens up. That's where you, you, the silver lining happens. You see actually that this is a birth process and it will, uh, will empower you uh, to find your place in the world and put you on the path you haven't even possibly considered before. So that's, that's very important to, to keep in mind the bigger picture here. So before we wrap up uh, the first hour, here's a little quote-unquote homework for you guys, some um, questions to reflect on, you know, in the positive sense now, besides like, because it's so easy to get trapped in like, everything is a trap, you know, from the matrix perspective, we are fucked, we're doomed, you know, the, the new world order is coming down, 5G, mandatory vaccinations. So don't, you know, get trapped in this negativity. And I'm not talking about, pulling the new age love and light pill, but there's something to be said about healthy optimism, right? About anchoring a higher force here. So here's some questions for you. What are you grateful for? Can you find gratitude in something in your life? What are you grateful for? Remember that, you know, things you may take for granted. What is this? Where's the silver lining in your life? You know, with all everything that's been going on, maybe something new wants to be birthed and nurtured. What are you ready to let go of? You know, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, be it relationships, social media, friends, or even family members, uh, or even your physical location, maybe you need to go somewhere else, tune into this deeper calling deep in your body, in your gut. And on a very practical level, uh, what is one small step you can take towards doing that today? To right. letting go of something that needs to be letting go of. So And practical act- actions, engaging in practical actions. Exactly. Yeah. And so in the second hour, um, we're going to talk more about like the three main kind of survival um, or three main uh, routes that people can take during these times. 
why, you know, it's important to align with divine will and how this will make the transition easier for you. What does it mean to align with divine will? And, um, and just some other things about, you know, this collective and individual process that we're going through and how, how we're also, this awakening process is really also reaching a bit of a critical mass as well. Um, and how death is an opportunity and kind of, uh, what happens usually near the end of, um, end of a life and how that relates to the end of the era that we're in as well. Yeah. And I also want to touch upon the interrelationship between individuality, sovereignty, and being also from a higher perspective, uh, talking about the concept of the wanderer, because many of us, we came here, this is what we signed up for folks. And I want to also talk a little bit, what I mentioned before, just touch upon the topic of organic portals, soulless humans to give a bit more context, because that's one of those topics that have been very misunderstood. I noticed. And um, yeah, if you're not a member yet, uh, go to veilofreality.com. You can sign up uh, to uh, have access to the second hour of the podcast and also to the forum. Yeah. And I just also want to remind people um, that Bernhard and I will be offering more group work in September as well. So um, that's all we're going to tell you about it. But if you do want to be notified first, because we are going to take a fairly small group this time, please sign up to our mailing list if you aren't already. All right. See you guys in the second hour. <laughs>